If you have a copy of God's Word, would you meet me in Psalm 120? Would you meet me in Psalms 120? So today, family, we are beginning a new summer series called the Psalms of Ascent. We'll talk, we'll take a journey from June to about the end of August going through these particular psalms. And our focus in the summer series is simply on prayer. The Bible teaches that prayer is one of the many gifts given to us by our Father in Heaven. And as Christians, it is the main vehicle we use to communicate to God. As God has communicated us through His Word, we communicate to Him with our words and prayer. And in God's kindness, we actually have a book of psalms and prayers and poems called Psalms, right? It's 150 ancient Hebrew um, poems that come from different periods of Israel's history. Many of these psalms were written down by choirs singing them in Israel's temple on worship. So over the summer, we're going to go through and walk through the Psalms of Ascent. So that's 120, the chapters 120 through 135, with the hope that leads you to know the power more of knowing God through prayer. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I'm a little bit old school. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Someone said they like that. I appreciate that. Because some people are like, my knees. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. All right, let me, let me read. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Lord, rescue me from lying lips and deceitful tongue. What will he give you? What would he do to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrow with burning coal, charcoal. What misery that I have stayed in Meshach, and I have lived among the tents of Kedar. I have dwelt too long with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Let's pray. Speak, Lord, as we come to you to receive your food from your holy word. Take your truth and plant it deep within us. Shape and fashion us in your likeness. That the light of Christ may seem today in our acts of love and obedience and faith. Speak, O Lord, as we hear from your word and fill us with your glory. We ask all these things for the king's glory and the advancement of the king's kingdom, I pray. Amen. Please be seated. One of my favorite things when I was a young kid is traveling with my mom and my sister all up and down the coast of Florida. We will get in our Jeep Cherokee or whatever car my mom had at the time, and we would drive up to see family in Melbourne, Florida, or we'll go down to the Key West, or we we'll go to the beach just for the heck of it. And one of my favorite things about traveling with my mom is she loves music, so she will crank on the radio to Magic 102.9. I know you guys don't know what that is, but for Miami, that is a radio station that plays the oldies and goodies and all the time. And we will sing three particular songs as loud as we can, not knowing who's driving past us and how awkward we might look, but we will sing Elton John's Benny and the Jets. We will sing Wallflowers, One Headlight. And my mom, I love one person, was like, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> and, I, and my favorite one was always Hey Jude by the Beatles. And my mom was a little kid every time we sang. 
My favorite thing about it was that it was a bonding moment for us. It was a time where when we are across the world, that song will come on. We will call each other and just blast on the radio because it was a memory. It was something that we cherished together. And I was thinking about these psalms that we're reading through the summertime of songs that they sang together that were written down for us today that bonded them together, brought them closer to their God. As those songs we sang on the car ride that brought us closer to the family, these psalms of ascents are purposely written down to draw us together as a family closer to God through worship and through prayer. Again, the Psalms of Ascents were hymns sung by the Israelites as they made their journey to the three great festivals of the Jewish year in Jerusalem. You had the Festival of the Unleavened Bread, you had the Festival of the Weeks, and the Festivals of Shelters. You can find all that in Deuteronomy chapter 16. For those who don't know the actual geography of the Bible, which is very important for us, the Israelites' journey to Jerusalem would have taken them physically up a mountain. So they physically had to ascend to the city gates. Even upon arriving in Jerusalem, the Israelites would have to ascend 15 physical steps to get to the temple doors. Like anyone who's on a road trip to the beach, you naturally listen to songs and sing along in the car like my family did before the Israelites on these particular journeys to these three festivals. They didn't have Spotify. They didn't have iTunes. What they had was songs. And as they ascended to the mountaintop, they sang these hymns. They recounted the goodness of the Lord. Hence the title, Songs of Ascent. You track it with me? You good? Now, some of the Jewish traditions, actually, is that when they get to the temple and they see those 15 steps that get to the mountaintop, what they will actually do is that they'll get to the first step and recite the first psalm, which is Psalm 120 for them. And they'll take another step, and they go to the next chapter, which is 121, and continue to ascend until they get to chapter 135 for us, which has the words, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the name of our God on high, because they got to the top, they got to the top of the temple, and they see the place of God. Remember, guys, these are people who were exiled. They were coming back from Babylon. They were hopeless. They didn't have the temple at the time because it was ransacked. But now they take this journey to remind themselves of festivals and they arrive to where God's people is, the house of the Lord. And they praise him for what he has done. Now, maybe they're praising the Lord because they finally reached the top. And like me, climb up a mountain, then go into extra 15 steps, man, I can get exhausted and sweaty. So, I mean, that might be the reason why they were praising God. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But we have this book of songs as a gift of God to show us, that, show us that what prayers are meant to do. The main point for today I want to, you guys to walk away with is that the purpose of prayer is to lead you to praise. Again, the purpose of prayer is to lead you to praise. This is why we as leadership want to encourage you to take the time this summer to study and to know the Psalms, in particular the Psalms of Ascents, again, chapters 120 through 135. 
Each one will only take about 10 minutes to read a day. Let that be your bread, your daily bread of intake of God's word. We encourage you to do. Because the Psalms have multiple benefits for the Christian. Now I'm going to give you four today. First, the Psalms are the most helpful resource for conversations with God about things that matter most. The Psalms are the most helpful resources for conversations with God about things that matter most. Talking about life, talking about death, talking about just the endurance of this world. You feel the emotions of the Psalms when you read them. Second, the Psalms show us that we can give profound praise to God as well as express unspeakable anger and doubt. I remember some people think that psalmists are spoken word artists or sometimes they was even bipolar because they're praising in the beginning and they're angry at the end and they're praising back at the end. And it's like, dude, make up your mind. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Make up your mind, fam. Number three, the psalms are also the voice of the gospel. You hear God's faithfulness, the truths of the gospel woven through each text. And lastly, the Psalms draw our life under the rule of God, where everything may be submitted to the God of the gospel. Because God wants us to talk to him. God wants us to know that we have the freedom with him to be emotional. God wants to answer your prayers so that he can bring you and I to the center of his goodness, his faithfulness, and his holiness. Again, our main point for today is the purpose of prayer is to lead you to praise. So we're going to walk through a couple particular focuses within this psalm. First, we're going to see that prayer is a personal relationship with God. Second, prayer invites you to have an honest and emotional conversation with God. And lastly, prayer welcomes or prepares you to hear from God. You guys tracking with me? We good? All right, let's get into the word. Verse 1. In my distress, I call to the Lord, and he answered me. And he rescued me from the lying lips and deceitful tongue. So again, first, we need to see that prayer is about a personal relationship with God. Look at the text. From the beginning, the psalmist let us, let us that to know that even when in his distress, trouble, and affliction, he called out to the Lord. Out of all the options he could have had chosen to bring his problems to, he brings them to the Lord. Why, why does he do that, you may ask? The answer is in the text. Notice the words called and answered. These are past tense verbs that highlight that he has gone to the Lord before with his cries and his prayers, and the Lord answered him. So he chose to bring his prayers to the one whom he has a history already with. The psalmist views his prayers not as a one-time thing, but a repeated practice in his relationship with God. Not only was this a repeated practice, but in the Hebrew, this type of, I called unto the Lord, denotes the action that this is an act of religious worship. So in prayers and the eyes of the psalmist, is an act of worship. His personal life with God is intertwined with worship. It's not separated from it. 
I wonder how much we view prayer as an act of worship and moments of growing our relationship with God, with the Lord. To you, is it more than it's just a spiritual checklist? I said my prayers this morning, or I said, God is great, God is good. Thank you, Father, for this suit. Amen. Thank you for today. Now we can devouch Golden Corral. Like, let's think about that. Like, are we just doing these things as checklists, or do we view prayer as a spiritual tourism? Are we just come for a quick visit and dodge out when we're ready? Or do we view prayer as a spiritual pilgrimage? That is, our journey with the Lord is to make a home with him. Family, how important is prayer for you in your walk today? If prayer is the main vehicle in which we communicate with God in act of worship, how are you doing in respect to your prayer life? And some of us become numb to prayer because we felt that it doesn't work, it's pointless, or failed us in the past. I'm not trying to beat you up. As a brother in Christ, I'm asking these questions because I love you. Because prayer is vital for your soul, for every aspect of your life. Over the years, I've asked people, why is it so hard for them to pray? And the number one answer that I get is that they feel God doesn't answer their prayer. They don't have actually even confidence that God is even hearing the words they have to say. I wonder if that's you today. I wonder if that's what you're wrestling with when it comes to the topic of prayer. Let me encourage you with God's word as a living testimony from a multitude of people that have said the complete opposite. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he has answered me and he's rescued me from all my fears. Read with me Psalm 66, 16 to 20. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of my malice in my heart, the word, the Lord, would have not listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. Again, prayer turns to praise. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love for me. Family, we have been, we have God's word as a testimony about who he is what he delights in, and that he pays attention to our prayers. So your prayers matter to God. Again, we might not know how the prayers are answered, but there's a knowledge based on God's word and confidence that God hears prayer. We see in verse 2 the prayer request that he has to the Lord. Lord, Rescue me from lying lips and deceitful tongues. I don't know if you ever like me, but being lied on, in my opinion, is one of the biggest frustrations in my life. Again, not being lied to, because you can call that person out right there, right? But being lied on, I mean, th th those are words of a liar that has spread already, caused damage to you, 
and your reputation before you even know what's going on. That's why the, the psalmist is coming to the Lord for rescue. When I went to college, I went to Bible college in Wake Forest called Southeastern, and I was a week late because I was overseas on a missions trip for orientation. And sadly enough, I did not know, but my ex-girlfriend decided to go to that same school. And when I showed up to that school, people were like, oh, you're Bapa. I'm like, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't know who you are, people. And they're like, oh, and that was kind of a common thing. And I found out eventually when I got a lovely email from the president of the college, hey, can you come to my office at 8 a.m.? I was like, bro, I just got here. Like, what's popping off? What's going on? And eventually Dr. Mosley was sitting down. And Dr. Mosley sounds like Eeyore, by the way. So it's hard to sit in his class because you're going to fall asleep. But he was like, so, I'm like, bro, this is how the meeting's going to go. It's going to be for a long minute. But eventually, he started asking questions. Hey, what's the reason why you're here? I said, I'm called to ministry. I'm trying to get equipped and everything. I thought this was a better option than liberty and everything. He was like, this is good. Um, I was like, dude, what's up? Like, spit it out. I didn't say that to him because, you know, I'm a student. Uh, but he was saying, we've heard some things about you. I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is my first time knowing you, dude. Meeting. And he was like, we heard you're here to um, sell drugs. To sleep around with women. And I was like, word. That's, that's, that's a new thing for me. I didn't, I didn't know that was an option. Like, I didn't know that was something I was here to do. I was, I'm here to minister. I'm not here to hear it. And he was like, and I asked him, I was like, Dr. Mosley, if you don't mind me asking, who you heard this from? And he mentioned my ex-girlfriend's name. And I was like, Dr. Mosley, that is not true why I'm here. Uh, we have had a bad breakup and everything. I can call my church. They can just give you. He's like, I already got a letter from your church telling me to listen and trust Bapo over my ex-girlfriend. I was like, oh, word. I didn't know they do that. So cool. Thanks, thanks, church. But at the same time, I had to walk with students now and professors over semesters. I was trying to rebuild this reputation from a girl who lied on me. It was one of the most frustrating things, but I had to bring it to God in prayer. I had to bring around my thoughts, my angers, my frustrations. Even when we had class together, I'm like, hmm, praise you. Cool, cool. But I bring it to the Lord. And by God's grace, um, my wife doesn't know I'm going to tell this story. I remember when we, her and I were talking, we were pursuing each other. She said to me, you know, Bapo, I've heard you had a good reputation. And you were a man of God. And that really, really melted my heart. Because you know that saying, you can try to build a whole lifestyle, a life on good things, but one little stone, one little lie can destroy an entire reputation of someone. And for my wife to hear that before we were boyfriend and girlfriend made me praise God for the prayers of just his restoration from a girl who was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's the best thing I will say right now. Bless her heart. Amen. Bless that ministry, right? So again, we've seen that prayer is about a personal relationship with God. It's about talking to him. It's about trusting him. And the, the purpose of prayer is to lead to praise. But we also see that prayer invites us to have an honest and emotional conversation with God. Don't believe me? Look at verse 3. 
What will he give you? What will he do to you? Deceitful tongue, a warrior's sharp arrows with burning charcoal. Let me encourage you that when you're reading the Psalms, to not remove the emotions behind the words. Again, the context of what the Psalms are being written is when the Israelites are returning from Jerusalem after being exiled for 70 years in Babylon. And know that the time of exile was not peaches and cream. There was pain, there was suffering, there was stress, depression, loneliness during this, this exile. That Babylonians made fun of their conquered people, mocked their God, and defamed in time of worship. So when you read verse 3, you're reading questions stemming from frustration and anger and hopelessness. Talking about the one who is lying to God, he says, what would he give you? What would he do to you? In other words, God, what does this person have to offer you? He is the one who is hurting me. He is the one lying and having a deceitful tongue and out to get me. God, what does he have to offer? What are you going to do about it? That's, that's what he's communicating here to God. The psalmist describes this person, they have a lying tongue as a warrior with sharp arrows of burning charcoal. The psalmist is saying that this warrior is like an archer who is cunning and tactical, seeking his demise. The archer doesn't use arrows that attack his enemies. He uses sharp arrows, burning arrows, arrows that have charcoal on them. Now, charcoal doesn't, does not go out once he strikes the target. Rather, it continues to burn after contact. So this person is cunning and scheming to make sure that these lies are going to cause the greatest impact and pain to ruin God's people. I wonder if you have ever experienced being lied on that caused you to get hot, burning with anger. It gets you boiling, almost ready to explode. This is what is being described of how this person is feeling. There's emotions in the psalmist's words. Family, the Bible is talking about feelings right now. It's okay to talk about feelings with the Lord. It's okay to talk about feelings with one another. The Bible is the written word of God. And the God of the Bible has feelings and emotions. Now, I don't have time to take us down a rabbit trail this morning about this, but I want you to hear this encouragement we have today in this Psalm of Ascent. We can bring our emotions feelings and complaints and fears and joys and delights to the Father who welcomes it. Some of us struggle at times, even like me, to express our feelings of how I uh, express how I feel, the pain I'm bearing or the insecurities I'm wrestling with the Lord. Because we've been taught to be quiet. We've been taught to bottle it up. We've taught to be stoic because that's what we're supposed to be as Christians. But God's saying, no, bring the pain. Bring your emotions. Let it out. Be an ugly crier before me because I want you to know who I am. That's why Jesus said in Matthews eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. God is saying, For those who know me, I'm in counseling right now. 
been counselor about two and a half years. This is my second go around. And I love my counselor because he just jacks me up. Jacks me up in a good way, meaning that he will go and dig with me into some of the junk of my past and bring it forth to me to deal with the emotions because I was such a guy who bottled everything up, dig deeper, push it even deeper, so I had to deal with it. And now he's saying, no, Bapo, it's okay to deal with your emotions. I've come to a point that Jesus was counseling is everything to me right now. Allows me to love my wife well. Allows me to love you guys well. Allows me to do work well. Allows me to forgive my family well. But it's because I'm impacting these emotions and able to bring them before the Lord because he welcomes it. So we see that prayer invites you to have an honest emotional conversation with God. Lastly, we see that prayer prepares or welcomes you to hear from God. Let's read verse 5 and 6 and 7. What misery that I have stayed in Meshech, that I lived among the tents of Kedar. I have dwelt too long with those, those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Now, Meshach was a son of Japheth, and Kedar was a son of Ishmael, recorded in the book of Genesis. These are two sons who eventually become their own people groups that represent a couple of things to the psalmist. First, they represent generically the tribes surrounding Israel that have a reputation of being deceitful, cruel, and idolaters who are out and long to destroy Israel. Meshech to the north and Kedar to the south also represented distance and isolation of the pain and agony they lived in the conditions of the exile. The verbiage he used of living in tent, tents is describing that they don't have a home. They're wanderers. They're homeless, surrounded by Kedar, who historians have said are barbaric people. So this is stressing highlights the agony the Israelites feel in regards to this relationship with God. Does anyone feel that today? Can anyone relate to the Psalms today? As you're walking through pain and suffering, you feel far off and distant from God. You might even feel that God is punishing you. It's hard to praise him when everywhere in the world you turn today, you, see a, you receive a daily notification the junk you're going through. Maybe it's another wedding invitation to remind you of your singleness. Maybe it's another pregnancy announcement. Or photos of a family on a vacation that reminds you of the dysfunctional family you come from, or even are in. I wonder how these moments throughout the week prevent you from having a relationship with God through prayer. It's okay. You're not alone. That's one of the many blessings I hate about social media. Sometimes with those reminders, and just stuff I'm going through. But as Pastor Matt Chenner once said, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay there. Come hear what the Lord has to say. The psalmist in, in verses 6 and 7 has language that's kind of strong. 
definitive words. He says, they are the ones who hate peace, and I am for peace, but they are for war. In Hebrew, when he is saying, I am for peace, he's literally saying, I am peace. I am peace itself. Now, to me, reading this, I was like, dude, you're kind of cocky, man. Like, who says, I am peace? Who walks around like, I am peace? Come through me. I'm like, that was a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger pressure. My bad. So I try. But anyways, this person is saying, I am peace. I'm like, dude, take a chill pill and sit down. Who goes around and saying that? But honestly, even though that sounds extremely arrogant, do we as Christians sometimes do the same thing? I would argue that sometimes we walk around with the same mentality saying, I am a Christian. I deserve health, wealth, and prosperity. I don't deserve this pain and suffering. And when you look at the world and see what they're doing, you say to God, yo, they're the heathens. They're the ones who don't know you, God. Why are they living their life to the fullest? Why are they living their best life now? When I'm struggling with this pain and agony, as cancerous to my soul, why have you not taken away from me? What are you doing? I am for peace. Some of us struggle with this. Or maybe it's just me. Praise God. So where do we go with all of this? Where do we take the junk that we wrestle with? You can say, yes, I know. I can take it to the Lord in prayer. But how does that prayer turn your situation into praise? How do we see God inviting us or welcoming us in prayer to hear from him? I mean, this psalm doesn't end on a good note. It just ends. This chapter doesn't conclude with praise him, right, for his faithfulness. Praise him for his, his deliverance from my pain and my suffering. It just ends. Where's the beauty in that? Where's the praising of God in that? I'd like to put before you a reminder of how God speaks to his children today. The main vehicle is through what has been spoken and written down, which is God's word. It's the Bible. We don't need a new revelation. We don't need a new and fresh word. All we need is the word. TikTok don't got junk on the Bible. So what does the word say? Let's jump back to verse 1. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. The Lord answered me. Sit on that for a moment, family. If you're not going through a trial now, the old saints will let you know you're about to go into one soon. Remember these words. The Lord answered me. Solomon says boldly that the Lord answered his prayers. The Bible says that our prayers are not left up to chance. The Bible says the Lord answered my prayers. But the Bible doesn't say how the Lord answered, but only that that he did answer. Would you take comfort in that today, saints? When you step into a trial tomorrow, would you take comfort that the Lord answered your prayers? 
Because the psalmist doesn't know how the Lord is going to answer their prayers. But as we as Christians do know, we know that the Lord answers our prayers, our pains, our suffering. He answers our doubts, our loneliness, our insecurities. The Lord answers our agony and our cries. How? Through the cross. Through the cross of Jesus Christ. Three nails, two pieces of wood, one God in flesh coming to earth to say it is finished. The cross, Christ crucified, Christ raised from the dead, saying, I got receipts that you come to me and I'll answer your prayers. It might not be how you want it, but be exactly what you need. The Lord answers. Because he does, we can come today and every Sabbath and every quiet time at home and praise our God. Again, the purpose of prayer is to lead you to praise. Family, as we journey through the Psalms of Ascent, the first step in this process to remember God wants us to talk to him. God wants to know that he had the freedom to be emotional with God wants us to answer your prayers so that he can bring you and I to the center of his goodness, to the center of his faithfulness and holiness and his purposes. Again, it is through prayer, and prayer is to lead you to praise. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you that we have your word. We thank you that we don't have a God who doesn't care. We don't have a God who doesn't listen. We have a God who welcomes us to be emotional, transparent, real, authentic. He's our Father who's heaven, sitting on the throne with all authority. And he says, son, dear his daughter, bring me your pain. Bring me your anxiety. Bring me your heavy burdens. I can handle them. So Father, thank you for being a God who can handle